Coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. And what always seems to resonate is the idea of energy vampires. Like we're not going to allow energy vampires to suck the life out of our team and our mission and our vision. And as an attorney, as a negotiator, you can't allow that other person to drain your energy, to drain your focus, to drain what you're here to do. So the big questions are these. How can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives, in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth? In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca Song, and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. Welcome to another episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Song, and I am absolutely thrilled today to welcome John Gordon here with me. I was introduced to him by a mutual friend who is a person who's super powerful, Erwin McManus. And uh, John has written, I don't even know, 20 books or something, Uh, a lot of bestsellers, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, you know, but the one that I really want to focus on today is The Energy Bus. If you haven't read it, you've got to read it. I read it a few years ago before I even knew that I was going to actually get to meet him, which is super cool. Uh, He's got all kinds of accomplishments. Go check out his books. I will put a link to a lot of his books in the show notes, so you should definitely check them out. Uh, But what he says is he believes in keeping his bio short because his past accomplishments are meaningless. This is what I'm reading what he said. Uh, (laughs) What matters most is that he says something today that will inspire you today to take action tomorrow or even today. So ladies and gentlemen, John Gordon, welcome. Rebecca, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Huge honor to be talking to you today. Ah, so it's my honor. I, I I can't believe that it's so kismet, you know, that I read this book like four years ago and I listened to it actually on Audible and I loved it. And I'm talking about the energy bus because I had always um, loved the idea of a parable and how you can kind of use a story to get your point across. And what I also love about it is it takes something that I'm really, really interested in, which is physics and how energy is, you know, can never be created or destroyed and um, that like attracts like and all that sort of thing. So I want to know about your background and how you even came to this uh, idea and, and, you know, you know, what, what struggles have you had? Tell me about you. Well, we are energy, right? So we are vibrating frequencies. And so everything is energy equals MC squared tells us that we are made of energy. So even though we appear physical, we're actually energy beings. And I've always seen the world in terms of energy. I don't know why I just have, but years ago, I was really struggling. I was negative. I was miserable. I was unhappy with my life. I lost my job during the dot-com crash. And so I had this Mm -hmm. opportunity to 
what I thought was going to be to make my millions or my gazillions. And next thing you know, this dot-com is crashing. I lose my shares. I lose my job. I have a wife, two small children. I'm about 31 years old at the time. And everything was falling apart. And my mm. wife had, had my wife had enough of me. She's like, okay, I love you, but I'm not going to spend my life with someone who makes me so miserable. Like you are the worst. Like you need to change. And I was really being negative. I was blaming her for my life and why it wasn't the way I wanted it to be. And mm-hmm. just constantly blaming, complaining, negative. I was, as you know, a, maybe a narcissist, not a full-blown <laughs> narcissist, but, but definitely self-absorbed, self-focused. And her wake-up call, her ultimatum changed everything. And from that moment on, I said, okay, I don't want to be like this. I don't want to be this person. Where was this young guy who went to Cornell University and was a government economics major and had all these dreams and plans? Like, where's that guy? Where's that guy who believed that his future was great? And I want to be that guy again. So I started to research ways that I could be more positive. And that led me studying positive psychology, the emerging field at the time. It wasn't even a big field back then. And I was finding a lot of good ideas, some practices. I made up a few of my own. I started writing some of the things I was doing to be more positive. I started a weekly positive tip. Mm. And every week I would share this positive tip. This was 2002. This was before blogs. This was before, you know, social media. I was literally faxing it out initially. Then I was emailing it out. And then eventually, you know, we went to mobile and everything else. But but I've been doing a weekly positive tip since 2002. I write every week myself. I've been sharing that message. Initially, I had five subscribers. My mother, my brother, my best friend from college, they were getting it whether they liked it or not. And then that led me to write. One time I wrote, life is like an energy bus. I looked back and I was like, wow, I actually wrote that. And then one day I was walking and I had decided to be a writer and speaker. I, I made it a calling. I, before that, I opened up a, a, a Moe's Southwest Grill, a, a franchise to hopefully support this desire to write and speak. So I second mortgaged my home, $20,000 in credit cards. That's a really long story. But my wife and I went you know, all in. We just basically risked everything. Eventually, the restaurant made money. At first, it didn't look like it. It was pretty scary. Thought we were going to go bankrupt. But we were able to make it by, make it through. In a way, I became a person of faith because I saw God like literally like provide miraculously the way things happen. When I look back, like it was not an accident how things happened. You just couldn't make the stuff up that happened. And somehow, some way, we, we made it by, we made a profit, eventually sold the restaurants, negotiated to sell these restaurants. And it was a good negotiation in terms of how it all worked out. And so I sell the restaurants. Now I have a little bit of money. And now I'm full-blown into writing and speaking. I'm going to do this full-time. And now it's not going well. Nothing's happening. Nothing's working. I'm not getting a lot of engagements. The money's coming out of our account. Got about a year left of living expenses. What happens if it doesn't make it? What am I going to do? And on a walk one day, the idea for the energy bus just came to me. It was like a lightning strike. It's like when you hear musicians say the music just came. The song just came. The painter said the vision just came. It just came. And I wrote it in three and a half weeks of pure Uh, divine inspiration. I went up to my home office. Every day I would write. I had a few rules. And... I want to write a story about a guy who's miserable and negative and a bus driver who changes his life, teaches him the 10 rules for the ride of his life to help him become a more positive person, a better father, a better leader. And it's about how to get his team on the bus and moving in the right direction with a shared vision, focus, and purpose. And it's about the fact that every one of us will have to overcome negativity, adversity, and challenges 
to overcome all of that, to be our best, to bring out the best in our team. So that's what I wanted to write. And next thing you know, boom, boom, each rule just started to come to me. I wrote it and rejected by over 30 publishers, no. told, to give, told to give up. It's not going to happen. Kept on hoping, kept on dreaming, kept on honestly praying. And somehow, some way, uh, John Wiley and Sons agreed to publish the book and it came out and I prayed for it to be a bestseller and it was a bestseller in Korea. I learned you have to be specific with your prayers. It was like this huge hit in South Korea, not North Korea, but a huge hit in South Korea, but not one bookstore in the United States would carry the book. So I went on a 28 city tour, paid for myself. And I went from city to city sharing the message in the book. That was 2007. And last week, the book hit the Wall Street Journal bestseller list again last week, all these years later. It will hit again this week as well. And I don't tell you that to like brag. I tell you that because it's been this incredible journey of a book that got rejected. The book tour did not go well. I had five people in one city, 20 people in another, 100 people in another. The most people we had were that 100 people in Des Moines, Iowa. They thought Jeff Gordon was coming. That's why they showed up, the race car driver. And it was a, it was been a long journey. It took five years for it to be a bestseller, but for now, for the book to do what it's doing now and still impacting, it's, it's been a really fun, cool journey. It's so cool. And, and I, Hey, at least it happened while you're still alive. I, I was, as you were talking that I was thinking of the guy who wrote Confederacy of Dunces, like, <laughs> like it became like a national bestseller after he died. <laughs> I think about that often too. I do. I was. I, I think about those authors that didn't get to enjoy it while they were living. I was like, yeah. wow, I feel so bad for that person. Yeah. So at least, you know, you got to see it and you're changing lives. I mean, you're changing lives all over the place. And it's an easy read, by the way, for people. I mean, it's sort of, it reminds me of the alchemist. I'm sure you've probably heard that before. You know, it's sort of in that parable form. But it's it's a really easy read, but it it's absolutely the simplicity of it is absolutely perfect. And now it's being used in business schools and in corporations uh, for training. I, I've heard you say it's being used by football teams, national football teams. So it's um, it's changing lives all over the world. I work with a lot of sports teams like the Dodgers the Rams, uh, Clemson football. I've been working with Dabo Sweeney for the last nine years. He used I the energy see. bus with the program. Now my husband is going to be so jealous. The Miami, <laughs> Heat, the Miami Heat. A lot of coaches and teams read it. And that's what's exciting is to be able to work with a lot of sports teams. And then you see the impact of positive energy. That's what I love about it. Like you see when a team decides to stay positive, when they overcome negativity and they say, we're not going to allow negativity to sabotage our mission, our vision, and our purpose. Because one person can't make a team, but one person could break a team. And what always seems to resonate is the idea of energy vampires. Like we're not going to allow energy vampires to suck the life out of our team and our mission and our vision. And as an attorney, as a negotiator, you can't allow that other person to drain your energy, to drain your focus, to drain what you're here to do. So you have to be more positive than the negativity you face. And this is not like Pollyanna positive. I always say it's not fake positivity. It's not about ignoring reality. It's about understanding this is challenging. This is a lot of adversity right now we're facing, but it's about maintaining optimism and faith and hope in order to create a better reality. How do we move forward in a positive way to overcome our challenges? So a big part of it is it's grounded in reality, even though it's a fun story that's, that's fictional. It's grounded in the reality of, hey, these are real life challenges and we do have to take on the negativity every day. 
Yeah, 100%. And it's even more than just a positive outlook. It's actually your vibrational frequency on an energy level that you are actually vibrating at a higher frequency, you know, emotions such as joy and, and happiness. And they're, they're much higher. I mean, you can actually, it's measurable uh, than the lower uh, energy frequency. I actually was just talking about this with Gary Zukoff. I don't know if you know who he is. He wrote of Seed course. of the Soul. I, I just interviewed him. I was so uh, fortunate to help him launch his new book with a live stream and an interview. And he, we were just talking about this because he wrote the Dancing Wooly Masters, which is all about quantum physics and how it's it's not just a positive outlook. It's literally changing your your energy level, your vibrational frequency. I love that you just said that because we are energy beings. And when we're vibrating at a higher frequency, just as when you turn on the light in a dark room, the darkness dissolves and you have the light. Well, when you're around negative energy, you could help lift the energy of the room by your frequency, by who you are. I love Erwin McManus, as you said, like, when he is preaching, he is lifting the energy of his congregation, of everyone who listens. He calls me an encourager. He says, wherever I go, I do that. That's my job. When I go to organizations, I bring encouragement. Now, people see this motivation and rah-rah. No, it's much different than that. It's really lifting the spirits, lifting the energy, encouraging. And when you do that, as you just said, they vibrate at a higher frequency. That love, that light overcomes the darkness. You operate at a higher frequency. And at that higher level, you think more clearly. Great ideas come to you. You have more energy to focus on and create the future. And amazing things happen when you do that. So I've seen this firsthand. This is why positive leaders make a greater impact. It's why they are contagious. I always say you are contagious every day. We've been told that in a negative way over the past year, but in a positive way, your hope is contagious. Your love is contagious. Your work ethic, your energy is contagious. So you can be a germ or a big dose of vitamin C. What are you sharing with others? Coming up, more on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zong. Yeah, and you do choose. You can control what you can control, let go of what you can't, but you are the driver. And once you do that, you're taking responsibility for your life. You're owning your choices. You're owning your decisions. And your decisions determine ultimately your destiny. So what am I choosing? And the choices you make determine the life that you live. Are you looking for a feel-good summer read? Well, I've got it for you. The New York Times bestseller, The Lost and Found Summer Bookshop, is now available in paperback. Written by Susan Wiggs, the plot is that after her mother's death, Natalie Harper inherits a charming but financially strapped bookshop in San Francisco and becomes a caretaker for her ailing grandfather. She finds that books provide a welcome solace for her grief and struggle. People Magazine calls the book a feel-good family saga, a charming tale about the silver linings of unwanted detours. It's perfect for readers of Jennifer Weiner, Emily Henry, Elin Hildebrand, and more. It's a great book for book clubs. It's great for poolside, on the beach, at the lake, on vacation, whatever. The link to purchase it is in the show notes. Grab it and get carried away into your summer escape. When it comes to the safety of a child in a divorce case involving alcohol abuse, there is no compromise. Take back power, strength, and truth from the narcissist in your life 
with documented proof of sobriety. Silverlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they are not drinking when a child's safety is at risk. Silverlink's real-time alerts make it easy to negotiate with any party. Judges can rest assured that the child is safe. Attorneys get court-admissible evidence of sobriety, and both parents have empowerment and peace of mind. Get an exclusive $50 off your device by emailing info at soberlink.com and mentioning Negotiate Your Best Life podcast. Take a listen to our archive where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life. But I was also going through a really a broken engagement. And I came back from Argentina, heartbroken, no cash. Like I had rented out my house. My businesses were in the gutter. Uh, my, my partners needed my help, all these things. And I had to reprogram myself. I literally had to, I, I would drive down the hall, uh, the highway down the interstate um, in between meetings. And I'd just be shouting at God, like shouting at myself and tears in my eyes. And then I'd have to pull up and I'm about to step into a meeting and I got to lead a meeting and and I can't like whine and cry. And now we return to today's show. Yeah, I love that. And I want to just hit a couple of your points because in your book, it's the 10 rules. Uh, And we've already kind of touched on a lot of them, but I want to just make sure that everybody gets to hear a few of them so that they can start incorporating them in their lives right away today. And so the very first one is you're the driver of your own bus. And I love that because it takes yourself out of being a victim, you know, you, you, it, you're the driver. I mean, you can drive yourself into a bad neighborhood or you can drive yourself to a great neighborhood and a great place, right? But you get to choose. Yeah, and you do choose. You can control what you can control, let go of what you can't, but you are the driver. And once you do that, you're taking responsibility for your life. You're owning your choices. You're owning your decisions. And your decisions determine ultimately your destiny. So what am I choosing? And the choices you make determine the life that you live. So stop blaming others. No blaming, no complaining. You take ownership. And once you do that, you now chart the path with vision and purpose and optimism and belief and all the rules in the book to move forward. But if you don't do that one thing and take ownership and take responsibility, you can't create the life that you want. And too mm. often we and too often we blame others. Too often we complain. And guess what? That was me years ago. So I don't share this from my high horse. That was me years ago. And that's why my life was so miserable. That's why it stunk. But once I took ownership, once I decided to create the life I wanted to live, everything started to change. And what I do I was talking to a friend the other day, Ed Milet, who is another writer and speaker. Oh, and he's also been introduced to me by Erwin, by, by the way. Incredible, yeah, incredible man, incredible leader. I celebrate the success of others. A guy like him is mega successful, okay? He has a beautiful private jet. I wish I had his jet, but I don't have his jet. But I celebrate the fact that he has his jet, that he is that successful. I celebrate him. And in doing so, I celebrate his success I'm no longer jealous of of someone else. I'm focusing on my calling, my passion and purpose, what I can create in my life. And once you do that, it's amazing how you start to attract greater things to you. Mm. If you feel needy, 
you cannot attract the life that you want. So you have to come from a place of abundance, not of a place of scarce of scarcity. Yes. I have all that I need to live the life that I am meant to live. You can't yeah. create your life by living someone else's. You have to focus on your journey. Oh, I love that so much. I mean, there's so many things and we don't have enough time for me to go through all of the things that I would love to be talking to you about. So I might have to invite you back uh, and we'll have to do a part two or something. But I want to go through. So number two is desire, vision and focus and move your, your bus in the right direction, which we talked about. And then number three is fuel your ride with positive energy, which was what we've been talking about. I love number four, five and six, they kind of all go together, which is basically invite people on your bus that share your vision, invite people on your bus who are fanning your flames, right? Rumi says, seek those who fan your flames, right? And um, do not waste energy on the ones who you're not allowing on your bus, and post a sign that says, no energy vampires allowed. Can you just talk about that whole principle, because I love that. As you're journeying through life, you have your business, you have your career, whatever it may be, you have your life. You do want to invite everyone on your bus, like invite them on, but you do so knowing that not everyone will get on your bus. You want to invite everyone on, but if they don't get on, that's their choice. Don't worry about those who don't get on. How often do we worry about people not getting on and we, we, literally could be obsessed with the fact that they didn't get on. We think something's wrong with us. And we focus on the fact that they didn't get on. The key is to just keep on moving forward. Let them go. Let them get on another bus. And you keep driving. And the key is you now have more energy when you do this to ask more people to get on. So you keep looking forward, keep driving. And now along this journey, you're asking more and more people to get on. Eventually, you will have a standing room only bus. If you just sit there focusing on those who think don't get on, you're not going to have the energy to move forward. I had to do that. Like when I first started, rejection, rejection, rejection. One yes. Okay, now they're on. Keep on going. Give my first talk. Great. Tons of rejections. Give another talk. Yes. Now, a lot of people want to get on my bus, but for years, it wasn't like that. Too many people give up. Not because it's hard to give up because they get discouraged. So don't get discouraged stay hopeful, stay encouraged. The word encouraged means to put courage into. So keep putting courage into yourself, keep moving forward. And then you ask more and more people to get on. And then you know, along the way, some people will get on, but they're energy vampires. And those people, even though they're on your bus, you really don't want them on your bus. Gandhi had the best quote. He said, I will not let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet. Mm. So do not allow those people to walk through your mind, your business, your career with their dirty feet. You have to sometimes let them off the bus. No energy vampires allowed. Post the sign that says that. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean when someone's being negative or being a vampire, it doesn't mean you just right away kick them off. Talk to them. Try to transform them. Don't be negative about negativity. Too often we approach negativity with negativity. No. Call them up to greatness. Call them up to the light. Share your love and light with them. If they still don't get on, if they're eventually sabotaging you, your team, the journey, the family, at that point, you may have to say, okay, I love you, but I'm not going to let you sabotage us. And you may have to let them off the bus. A family member doesn't mean you kick them out of the family. It just means maybe you don't see them as much, right? So you don't allow these people to drain your energy. That way you have the energy you need to keep on moving forward. But I always say, start by trying to transform and help 
and encourage because no one really wants to be an energy vampire. But if it doesn't work, we all know those people that if you continue to let them, they will sabotage you and your journey. A hundred percent they will. They're hijacking that bus. Jack, <laughs> no, no, no. I like that. Yeah. Like in, that, in the movie with uh, Sandra Bullock, right? Yes, and Keanu Reeves, exactly. Like, get them off this bus right now. Stop it and kick them off immediately. Um, I always say, defend your light with your life. You know, I mean, it's it's got to be, you know, super strict boundaries. You don't get to be in my space unless you have the energy that is going to be, you know, where we're feeling each other um, and, and not sucking from each other at all. And so um, the last few are enthusiasm attracts more passengers, like attracts like, right? So you're going to have higher vibrational level. Uh, love your passengers uh, and drive with purpose which I think is so important. I mean, you you know, you kind of touched on it earlier about having a specific vision and a specific idea of not just where you want to be in your career, but everything in your life, right? I mean... Yeah, we we don't get burned out because of what we do. We get burned out because we forget why we do it. And so when you lose that why, you lose energy. I think more people suffer from purpose deficiency than vitamin deficiency. We're emotionally exhausted right now because of the past year, but in many ways, it's because people have lost their vision and they've lost their purpose. So you keep your purpose alive. Like during COVID this past year, there were days I was very frustrated. There were days you get up, you don't feel very positive. So what do you do? Okay, you focus on your purpose that gives you something to be positive about. And for me, it was, I'm going to stay positive. I'm going to make sure that I get better every day, find ways to improve. And I'm going to encourage people. I'm going to really make make this time about finding ways to encourage people. And every day that purpose drove me and it gave me energy, gave me life. It drove my passion. And that's the key. Like, what is your purpose? And sometimes people say, you know, well, oftentimes people say, I don't know my why. I don't know my purpose. Well, the key is start living on purpose. Start being more intentional, live with purpose. How can I make a difference? How can I help others? How can I find ways to serve? Rebecca, you're doing this with this podcast. You're finding ways to serve. And then you get energized when you do it, when you're making a difference, right? And so that purpose fuels you. And along the way, that purpose will give us the life that we need to keep on going. I had a a dad I met and he was really struggling. He lost his job and he was actually going to end it all, he told me. He read one of my books and what he realized was he had a purpose and his purpose was to show his son that he could overcome this. Because if he could overcome this, his son would learn that he can overcome anything. And so he now had a greater purpose. He was fueled with that. And as a result of that, he created a pitch deck. He went out looking for more opportunities and jobs. Now he's president of a company doing phenomenal. And so he found his purpose. He found his why. And that why leads you to the way. Mm, I love that. And, you know, you say to have fun and enjoy the ride, and you've been talking about that too. And, and I, I think that's such a beautiful message uh, also. Where, where can people find out more about you, find your books, follow you, all that good stuff? They go to johngordon.com, J-O-N-Gordon.com, or Twitter, Instagram, at J-O-N-Gordon.com. 11. The books are on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, any, any bookstore also uh, in physical bookstores and on my website, 
John Gordon, J-O-N-Gordon.com. We have a, a listing of all the books and information. And we got a lot of free resources as well if you just want to get started with a seven-step positivity plan or things like that. I always love to encourage people to pick their word for the year. Wrote a book called One Word That Will Change Your Life. So pick a word that will give you meaning and mission, passion and purpose. That's a great way to really focus on and Zoom focus each day on what your purpose is, to have this word. And each year that word helps you focus and and live your mission. I always ask Erwin every year what his word is, and he doesn't like to commit to a word. He always gets a little frustrated when I like I try to like hold him to it. But uh, but it's fun to ask people what their words are, and then when people tell you, it's a great reminder. You can can keep in touch along the way. It's great for teams to do together to pick their words. So yeah, mm-hmm. hope people reach out. They can find me there, and just love to encourage people along the way. So thanks for allowing me to share, Rebecca. I appreciate it. Thank you. And thanks for coming on and go follow him. Go sign up for his uh, seven step uh, thing and, you know, just do all the things that he's saying. Read the energy bus. Seriously, it'll definitely um, lift your vibrational frequency and um, help you live a better life. So thank you, John Gordon. Thank you. Thanks for stopping by and listening to this episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. Check back next Monday for more inspirational pearls of wisdom. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, I'd love if you would give it a five-star rating and tell me what you liked in a review on iTunes. Also, be sure to grab your winning negotiation cheat sheet at winmynegotiation.com. And remember, today is a perfect day to start negotiating your best life.